and welcome to Authorise, the podcast where writers speak and they speak to me. My name's Kevin Hillier and today I'm going to introduce you to a first-time author from Alan the Number One Publishing. The book is called Headland. The author is John Burns and we'll join him very shortly to find out his story and the story behind Headland, a very good book. Terrific effort for a first-time author. And, of course, it's all thanks to our podcast partners, CSCG. Now, what are CSCG? If you don't know, they're a terrific bunch of people uh, who can help you achieve your financial goals. That's the area of expertise they have. They have experts in every field. They can help uh, you uh, work your way through it so as you know what's going on, so as you know where you're heading, so as you know where your money's heading and and where your uh, final picture is. They'll help you with all that, uh, whether it's superannuation, whether it's life insurance, whether it's what's happening with uh, interest rates, whether it's what, uh, you know, borrowing money, whatever it is, they can help you out. They know all about it. And all you have to do is give them a call on double nine seven four eight triple three. That's it. Your bit's done. Give them a call. Have a chat. CSCG.com.au. It's a phone call that you will not regret. Headland is the book. John Burns is the author. First time up for John uh, on this podcast and uh, as an author. So let's find out the story behind uh, what makes him tick. So firstly, congratulations on your first novel. How does that feel? Um, it is It is surreal. It's a... Uh it's, uh, well, I tell you, I've just been down to Sydney and come back. I live on the mid-north coast and, uh, of New South Wales, and uh, I walked around all of the bookshops and uh, found my book and took photos of it. That, that, that's how it feels. Yeah, it, it is a, a, quite an unbelievable feeling, isn't it, when you walk into a bookshop yeah. and see your book there and you, ooh, look, there you go, it's real. It's, it's, not, it's not quite real. <laughs> it's, yeah. all, the, all the way through the process of uh, you know being published, I'm thinking I'm going to get an email or a phone call somewhere along the line here, and they're going to say, "Mate, it's a, sorry, it's just it's not going to happen." Yeah, but, but it did happen. <laughs> when did it? Uh, when did it occur to you that you wanted to be an author? Because you have a fairly colourful, uh, you know, employment history. Uh, so when did yeah. you sort of decide? Okay, well, what I really want to do is, is write books. Oh, I don't know. Like I, I think I've. I think I've read a book a week for the last 45 years. And uh, somewhere along the line, um, I just get the stories in my head, you know, and then I eventually started to write snippets of them down and next thing you know, one thing led to another. I think it was about 2015, whatever reason, I was, uh, I got retrenched. That's what happened. Yeah. And I thought, well, I thought, what am I going to do with my time when I'm retrenched? I thought, well, I'll actually start writing some of these stories. I, I ran a lot. I was always a runner. I suppose I, now I'm a bit of a walker, but long distance running, um, you know, you've got to fill your head with something. And uh, I used to fill it with strange and bizarre stories and odd characters. And uh, through that, as I said, I just started to write them down and one thing led to another. And this book, uh, Headland, actually just fell out of me. It was an odd one. I did... I suppose, like everyone, struggle in the early days to you know, to put stories together and make them meaningful in any sort of a way, or just to follow a plot that's worth following. But uh, Headland, just day after day, there it was, and I think it reads that way. Yeah, was it a book that you that you plotted out, or was it a book, as you said, it just fell out of you and you you followed where it it took you, rather than have a sort of big whiteboard that said, oh, he goes here now, and then he goes up here, and he does this. Hundred percent. The uh, just woke up today, and uh, well, I, generally the process is I, I, I tend to get up pretty early, and I 
I sit there when it's quiet, and I think it's because well, someone explained it to me. It's because you're early in the morning, you're still maybe a little bit more connected to the subconscious than you are once the day starts, and you know the uh, the day to day living gets in the way of things. But I like to sit there and I think about you know where I was up to with with Headland and. The next part would already be there waiting for me. It was uh, it was quite peculiar, actually. It's like sometimes you feel that things just flow through, you know, more than you develop them. You don't know where it comes from. So, but it was always there and it was always easy. So Detective Constable Craig Watson, uh, is he a character yes. that, that came to you when you were walking when you were, or did he come to you when you sat down to do this book? i tell you where he came from. I, I, around that period, I was reading a lot of um, Australian kind of crime fiction that was the start of that Australian noir sort of thing. And uh, I found that most of the most of the cops in most of the books were pretty much the muchness, you know. They were pretty much the same sort of character, the, the solid sort of stoic, you know, nothing can phase, almost tough guy with, you know, he may have the odd demon in the, uh, in the, in the background or, you know, the, the odd... Uh, peculiarity about him but uh, I thought along the way this this character I, I didn't want him to be another one of those um, kind of bland every day I'm not not bland but uh, ordinary I wanted him to be far from the ordinary and uh, as the book progressed he just got uh, I don't know how much of it you read but he got more and more dysfunctional yes. and I went with it was it difficult to write him? I mean, you're a fine, upstanding, uh, you know, citizen of the world who, who obviously doesn't transgress um, uh, it, it across, was, across the, the, the areas that, uh, that Detective Constable Watson does. It was very, very simple. <laughs> <laughs> it was very simple to write him. If you've, um, you know, you, we've, we've all met people, I yeah. think, like, uh, like Detective Constable Watson. And I, around that same stage, I watched a, uh, a documentary from the state regarding the uh, the opiate, prescription opiate epidemic that they're having over there. But uh, one statistic, I think, told me that in one year in the state, um, fairly recently, more people died from opiate abuse, prescription pill abuse, than died in the whole course of America's commitment to Vietnam. Good God. But it doesn't get depressed. And it's it's a situation that obviously a lot of people are finding themselves in. And I wanted, I don't know, people seem to build up the police force. I'm not saying they're not, um, you know, worthy of merit, but um, they're just people and they have the same foibles as all of us and they have the same problems and they have the same, in this case, addiction. Yep. Um, probably a different sort of a background to poor old Craig, but... Uh, you know, I, I got some feedback fairly on from through the editing process that, uh, you know, some of the things that police do uh, is, is unethical. And I'm thinking, well, they're just humans. They're not machines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone in life cuts corners. That, uh, there are different, uh, different versions of that. Absolutely. Everyone carves their own path, my yeah. good friend. Yeah. It, well, you mentioned the editing process there, and it's an interesting thing for, I mean, obviously in this podcast series, talk to a lot of authors who've, who've written a lot of books, but for a first-time yep. author to have to c- contend with that editing process and someone to come back and say, I don't like this, or th- and just to see a sea of red all over all the words that uh, you've written, how, how, did, how did you cope with that? Because that's, that's oh, the biggest rejection how, of all. 
how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> how dare you find in the most interesting and funniest parts of my book, um, you know, not worthy of inclusion? It's like that, you know. You've, you've, you've just got to kind of let go and say, and I always said to myself, well, Alan and Unwin isn't, uh, you know, just a run-of-the-mill small publisher. Well, they're the biggest, well, they're the biggest publisher I've ever had anything to do with, and I think, um, yeah, I don't know where they stand in the Australian scheme of things. Must be one or two, and you know, if they're paying people to edit your book, they they know what they're talking about. Yeah, if they're paying people to do the the artwork and whatnot, then you know, I don't feel that I'm in any position to question them because they know how to sell books, and I don't. Yeah. Did but you, that editing process, it's bloody painful. Yeah, mate. it is. And, and, and you do doubt yourself and you do think, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm not a bloody writer after all. Um, did, did, how, did you, how did you rejig your confidence and, and get your, I guess, your mojo back, if you want to call it that? Um, just go with it. Just, um, yeah, just tell yourself that, um, you know, these people have sold a lot more books and, they're, you know, they're professional editors and I'm, this is basically my debut novel and... I looked at it very much as a learning experience. I um, watched a video um, with uh, James Elroy, and he was talking about how he became a better writer. And I love James Elroy books. And uh, at the end of one of his interviews, he said something along the lines of, you know, if you want to be a better writer, write every day and keep writing and take advice and do courses and do something every single day to try and get better and better and better and better. So I use that editing process as a learning process. Yeah. I could see, you can see along the way that the same sort of things have been changed in the same sort of way. So you start to get a feel as to, okay, that's where I, that's something there where I can improve. And when you go back to it, you, as much as it hurts your feelings, you go, yeah, well, that, that does sound a lot better. Yeah. But in some instances, it, you know, for whatever reason, it doesn't sound better, but I just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you surprise yourself in the writing process with where it, where it took you and where, uh, as a writer and as a person? Yeah, absolutely. There's, uh, I think you can also, well, when you mentioned earlier the, uh, you know, the foibles of, uh, of Constable Craig Watson at the, you can look into the uh, the darker depths of your own soul and the stuff you're dredging out. You think, God, how long has that been in there? <laughs> <laughs> how could I have actually thought of that? I thought, you know. And, but you do, and it is there. So that, that's what surprised me more than anything else is the uh, the depth of my own darkness, I suppose. Yeah. And did you did you do that thing where you go, where did that come from? When was I subjected to that ever in my life that uh, I've yeah. got such a vivid imagination or a vivid image of that in my head? With with this book more than anything else I've ever read. But some days, you know, I'd start writing at 8am and get to 9am and I'm exhausted and I go back and look at, what, well, basically, look at what I've typed because it's hardly writing and it's just, it's hard to read and it's rubbish. Yeah. And then on a number of occasions writing this book, I'd start eight, nine o'clock, I'd actually sit in front of the laptop and start typing. And next thing I know, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. And you go back and read, and I, and I don't even remember on a lot of occasions where it came from. It, yeah. just, it just seemed to flow through me onto the, and there it was. And it's, you know, and it's 
it's quite bizarre some of the stuff that's come out. But you know, I don't. I'm one of those um, those people. I don't seem to uh, you know worry or doubt what's in there. It's just in there. Yeah. Did you at any stage during the writing of this book, and you said it fell out of you, but did you have any dry patches? I always have dry patches, you know, and it's, uh, I don't know any other way to get through it other than to just sit there and write. Well, I'll tell you what does help. It will help me. I don't know if it helps everyone, but to get away from the computer, sit somewhere different with a pen and paper, for me that seems to make a different sort of connection to actually be writing ideas down on paper. And I'll tell you what works a lot for me is that if I'm stuck to exactly where this is going to go, what someone's going to say, what their reaction is going to be, if I sit down with a a pen and paper and I actually just get right down to the miniature of of a scene, just describe what's there, what a person looks like, what's around them, what's outside, and just that process of writing those words down, you know, with ink on paper, just seems to help to get things to flow, to click, and then the thing, you go, oh, geez, there it is, there it is, and you start going along, and suddenly, rather than describing, you know, the lino on the floor, you, people are having a, a conversation, and that's leading you somewhere, and that's good. And then the lights come on, and away you go, and there's, you know, there's the next 60 pages of the book, and you just churning into it but yeah. you know if you get those dry patches like you're saying it's bloody torture yes uh you got your characters you, your three main characters uh, when you're yep. when you're looking at where you're going to set it now you, you mentioned uh, you to me that you live in the, the mid-north coast of new south wales so gloucester yep. is, is gloucester reflective of where you live is that how you came up with that oh the general mid-north coast area but again um at the stage i was writing this book um there seem to be um, a lot of similar sort of characters, but more than anything else, most Australian crime novels were set in little dry outback towns. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, if I'm going to write one, well, I'm, in particular, at the stage I was writing this, The Dry had just been released. All right, yep. And I, and I, and I read The Dry and saw that, that won all sorts of medals. And again, it was, a, uh, it was a set in a little dusty, dry outback town with a drought, you know, and everything that goes with it. And I thought, well, I, I can't be writing another one of them. What I'll do is I'll I'll set it on the coast, and rather than a drought, we'll we'll have a flood, and there'll be a there'll be a river. And the working title of the book for probably the first month or two was the wet. Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's where that's why it's set where it is, and it's actually an amalgam of a few different um, towns around the north coast of Melbourne. The north coast and the mid north coast of New South Wales. There's bits and pieces, and I'm sure that people who live there, if they read the book, they're going to they're going to recognise a couple of things there. So, what would you say to someone who's walking into their local bookshop and they see Headland uh, sitting there at the in the in the crime section? They go, "Oh, okay, the true crime. Oh, uh, let me have a look at this uh, this uh, bit of Australian crime fiction." What uh, yep. what, would, what would you tell them? Why 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 should they pick it up, walk to the counter, and pay for it, and walk out and take it home and read it? If you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something fast-paced, if you're looking for characters that um, that have a real point of difference to most other sort of crime novels that, that are on the shelf at the moment, someone asked me, I don't know where it came from, but uh, they said, you know, put it together like someone would put together like a movie sort of uh, the way they advertise movies. And I said, if I had to, if I had to put it together with two books, it would be uh, The Girl with the Irvine Welsh Tattoo. Oh, yes. 
yeah. So it's that, it's that style of thing. It's yeah. dark, but it's very, very fast-paced. It's got interesting characters. Interesting characters put in extremely difficult situations and having to find their own unique way out of them. Your enthusiasm for what you're doing now seems uh, seems boundless and uh, and energetic and uh, and something that you've obviously uh, you've got a passion for it now. Is that is that transcended into a second book already? I I absolutely love it, and I've already um, I've already completed um, a second novel, wow. which is um, very much different to uh, to well, it's similar sort of ilk. It's very dark and it's very very fast paced, and you've got some very damaged characters in there. But uh, it's uh, set in Sydney, and it's much more an urban sort of gritty crime drama. But I, I can't stop writing. It's, um, it gets to the point now where it's almost an addiction. I wake up and if, if by the afternoon I haven't put pen to paper, I, I start to get a bit itchy, you know? A bit of the uh, Detective Constable Craig Watson coming out of you in a different way. <laughs> you, you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. <laughs> in, a, in a fairly more positive way. Yes, well, that is a good thing. <laughs> Less destructive. Yes, well, that wouldn't be hard, let's be honest. Um, yeah, true. Um, what, what's the reaction been uh, to the book so far in, in terms of, uh, I mean, you'll get positive and negative reaction. We know that. That's the nature of the beast. But uh, Yep. Uh, how have you handled that? Because that, that's another sort of little obstacle to, to handle in the life of an author. Absolutely wasn't expecting that. That's been the biggest surprise of anything. Um, the positive reviews are, are real high. And um, I've got to tell you, some of the vitriol you get on, on certain websites has really come as a surprise to me. I know that, you know, there's a certain sort of person out there with a political bent, but I didn't realise that... Uh, that that someone could read a book with such a strange through through such a weird lens, but there's a whole there's whole different angles on things you've written that I got to tell you I didn't realise until other people told me, and I'm thinking, there's, how can you say there's things in there that that aren't? But what I've um, what I've decided to do is, um, you know, I've got big broad shoulders, but I just don't read the the reviews on uh, on certain places because they're just they're just poison. I never realised there was so much vitriol and hate out there. But uh, I'm certainly finding that out. Yeah, it's a it's a fiction book. It's not a it's not a gun. It's not a weapon. It's not a knife. It's actually a book. Um, yeah, I know. Sure the thing that comes to mind more if if you hated it that much, why, why did you read it? Yeah. Well, how 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 on earth did you get all the way to the end of it hating it that much? But well, uh, people do, and at the end of the day, I just think, well, you know, you pay for it. Yep. Yeah, it's an interesting. Uh, I mean, you can't please all the people all the time, but uh, yeah, it is oh, an interesting sidelight these what I'm days. Myself. Yep. Yeah, no. Yep. Well, look, look uh, there there are a million people, if not more, in this in this world uh, in this country that would love to have a book with uh, you know their name on the bottom of it that says they're the author. You've you've done that, <laughs> and you're obviously well on your way to many more. Thanks, mate. But, um, I remember the first time uh, it was probably from a you know, well, it was a manuscript rejection I got. But with the rejection, they, they said, you're a, you're a good writer. And to actually hear someone say that that's not your mum, it's, you know, it, it means something. <laughs> yes. Uh, good on you, John. Congratulations on, on this, your first book. And as I said, uh, well, I think we'll be talking again on this podcast series because uh, it, it's going to continue, and as will you as a writer, and look forward to what, uh, what comes next from you. 
Um, well, I have uh, a finished manuscript, and we're we're just in the uh, that process that yep. you go through, and um, it's a wide spanning sort of another uh, crime fiction, but it but it starts in the 1990s with uh, the police, and uh, yeah, no no one comes out of it looking good, but it's uh, with uh, to do with gay hate crime. Okay. Oh yeah, interesting. So, so, so I can see. I was going to say, you reckon the vitriol's been heavy for Headland? Wait till, <laughs> wait till that one comes out. Jeez. Yeah, as I said, I'm a big boy. A- a- absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for your time, mate. Really appreciate it and keep up the great work. Thank you very much. You sound like a great bloke. My thanks to John for his time, and I'm sure we will be catching up with him in coming episodes of the Authorised Podcast, a, uh, an author with a big future in front of him, and thanks to Alan and Unwin, uh, his publishers. Uh, and, of course, thanks to our podcast partners, CSCG. As I mentioned, if you want help with achieving your financial goals, they are the people to talk to. Pick up the phone and give them a call, double nine seven four eight triple three cscgcomau if you enjoyed this edition of Authorised, there's plenty more you can uh, choose from, all sorts of different authors and all sorts of different books. So wherever you found uh, this podcast, you'll find more. Uh, until I talk to you the next time on the Authorised Podcast, read a book. It might just be the one I'm doing next. Next.